Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to Shots Fired. We're back. We're back in the building after a very charged UFC London. We've got lots to actually cover to discuss about UFC London. And in the time uh, honoured fashion, we are not going to be bringing uh, each a subject to the table. We're going to devote this entire session to what transpired at UFC London. And joining me as always to chew the fat and to discuss all things MMA. First up is G. What up? What's going on? Well, I'm about to ask you. It's all about you. I mean, it's your world. I'm just visiting. Kairos Bodley, what's going on? Again, with the tremendous T-shirt. I'm a T-shirt guy. What can I say? I don't know. I'm doing well. I'm in high spirits. Great day. <laughs> Positive Sunday. And, and here he is, the top boy himself. Look at him. It's the Shane, a.k.a. Chisango Malata. Do you guys get um, top boy over here? I, am, I, am, I, am I hitting the reference? Right. You guys get Top Boy, right? Yeah, it's, I started watching it on Netflix. It's saved in my queue. Is it worth a watch? 100%. It's the Shane, isn't it? Look, look at him. It's the Shane. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't I think I'm going to have to leave this, I'm gonna have to leave the chat because you look like you're going to shank a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, people. How are you? How are you all? No, no, no. Keep, no, keep, the, keep, keep <laughs> the energy, bro. Keep the energy. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's the Shane. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Tired, very tired. It was a, a long day yesterday, but uh, a, a very good and very rewarding one, actually. And I'm glad you've actually opened up proceedings. I'm glad you've opened up the session talking about um, your pain that you are feeling now, having um, covered the event from start to finish from, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday, up until the early morning of Saturday, Chilanga Malata. I put this to you. I know we're not bringing stuff to the table, but I'm, I'm just curious. Sat at home in the best seat in the house watching this, this to me felt like UFC London for me was like UFC Dublin all over again. Just the vibe I was getting, just the excitement, just the crowd, like watching everybody um, just really, really soak in from prelim to main event. It gave me that vibe. Now, I was in attendance at UFC Dublin, but as I say, I was in the best seat in the house for UFC London. Am I right? I mean, you were actually in the thick of it. You were actually in the electricity, as it were, the eye of the storm. Am I right in thinking that this was our version of UFC Dublin? Oh, yeah, very, very much so. But um, you, you talk about um, you having the best seat in the house for UFC London. I had the best seat in the house for UFC Dublin. Like the roles were reversed pretty much and yeah the atmosphere from from start to finish man from from when Makayev first made his well Durden first made the walk and obviously he got booed but when uh when Mo's music started playing and he made the walk and the reception that he got man was it was insane and I think this truly I know the the term golden generation has been bandied about over the last uh 10 days or so but 
I think it was really like a coming of age for a lot of these fighters. And obviously there were three fighters that lost on the card. Um, Jai Herbert, uh, Mike Grundy and Corey McKenna. But even, even those guys put in full hearted displays that um, drew plaudits from the crowd. And just, it felt like, as, as I said before, it felt like, although in fact, let, let me, let me, let me rewind and rewind a bit. Yes. There was a lot of electricity in the air, but there was a lot of steam coming off me because the Wi-Fi in the O2 arena was fucking terrible. <laughs> and obviously I had to, uh, I had to do live blogging as well as, um, uh, break breakout stories so it was it was a stress uh to begin with but i kicked up a fuss and then they managed to manage to fix it but getting back to the atmosphere um it felt like it felt like we were in a like a, in a big pay-per-view in america it really it really really did uh, i mean the fans were supercharged and and one thing that i noticed from the from the fan base as well it's um it's how how much more knowledgeable they are about the sport in general, um, people are getting excited when when fighters pass from uh, from from half guard to to well from full guard to half guard nowadays. And like back in the day, like I remember, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last UFC event I was at in the UK. I think it was it, it was UFC London 2014, and I can't remember if somebody took someone down, and I could just hear a chorus of boos like, "What's this? What's this like, homosexual expletive?" What? Yeah, like people be shouting that type. Of thing. Yeah, people would be like, I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say the the G, the G word, but you know what I mean. Like in terms of like when it comes to grappling, people are like, oh, this is this is G A Y hugging and stuff like that. But now nowadays, like people are so much more knowledgeable that when when a fighter passes from full guard into half and into side control, there's there's uh, this audible there's audible excitement in the crowd, but yeah, it really felt like last night was, was a seminal moment in mixed martial arts in the UK mixed martial arts. So like from, from my point of view, I haven't watched it back on TV yet. And I look forward to doing that tomorrow at some point, but it really did feel like a, a special, a special moment in time. And what's, uh, what's really positive about it was that it was, the card was featuring our fighters, not our quote unquote biggest fighters, like your Darren Tails and your Leon Edwards. So yeah, the future's by and man, I can't wait for them to come back. I'm glad that you started off obviously with Mohamed Mokayev because for me and for the longest while, I've been awaiting his debut and it was with a sense of excitement, but a little bit of trepidation that I kind of like opened my eyes to that. Um, obviously that starting off the card only because Mohamed Mokayev had been talking a big game. He'd been giving it the big talk throughout the week. And in the run-up to this, um, considering the level of opponent that he's faced up until now, it has never been on this level. But man, did he deliver. I mean, that knee which led to, I mean, him almost popping off that little racist head. I have to say, that was a thing of beauty to behold. Not only... Um, did it make me actually rush out to Amazon Prime to actually get my uh, swapping uh, refugees for racist T-shirt? But it was a good look from where I sat because a lot of the doubters who were talking about Mohamed uh, Mokayev um, being called up before his time, being uh, definitely someone who needed to slow his roll, a lot of them had to eat crow. Gee. Yes. 
isn't it like a real Zoom meeting? I raised my hand to speak electronically. Um, I just want to say, Mike, I'm here to give you your flowers. I'm not here to come for your neck, which is rare. So I just want to tell you that I, <laughs> I just want to tell you that I was hyped for his fight because you put me onto this kid years ago. And Mike was like always talking about Brave FC. I don't even know what this motherfucking promotion is. Had me on YouTube looking at this kid. And, after, and then I, didn't you interview him, Mike? Yeah, he's been on the show, I think, once or twice. But I have to kind of like pause you right there. I've got to give the man his flowers. Jim Edwards was the first person who said to me, Mike, you need to pay attention to Mohammed Mokayev's Mokayev when he was um, the IMAFF, IMMAF, is it? Yeah, um, uh, champion. He said, when this guy actually gets in the pro seat, he is going to be phenomenal. Keep your eye on him. So he alerted me early. And uh, as I say, I in turn alerted um, yeah. Ruji. But um, yeah, you passed that down to me because I was like, oh my God, Mike. All right, I'll get on YouTube. I'll watch. Okay, okay. You know, just like how I bother Mike to watch things on the prelim, he has his little niches too. You know what I mean? So he'll put me onto things. And man, Mike, you got me hyped for him back in the day. You got me hyped for him when he got signed. And I told y'all this in the last episode that he was going to smoke Cody Durden. And it was a perfect matchup. And I think the UFC knew what they were doing when they did this because he not only smoked him, but he addressed the racist comments. And yeah. I knew this was going to happen. I, I saw this coming and it played out beautifully. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, UFC. I was pissed y'all never addressed the Cody Durden thing, but instead they said, why don't we give him you know, a fighter with the last name of Muhammad Makayev and this person is probably <laughs> going to kick his ass. And that's exactly what happened. And it played out beautifully. Love if it. I remember rightly, Muhammad Makayev actually asked for Durden. Yeah, he, he asked for him by name and he wronged or he righted a wrong that was uh, enacted in the cage through his, um, his disgusting um, post-fight speech. And uh, he's the people's hero. Chisanga, what do you make of it? Oh, no, you got to go to Kairos. Go, go, go to Brother Kairos. I, I briefly spoke, spoke about it. I'll, I'll wrap up. No. Okay. Kairos, Kairos Bodley. You know what this more reminds me of? What's that? In the WWE, when everyone says some stupid fuck shit, it's like, just for that player, you got to go fight The Undertaker. This yeah. is what this was from <laughs> Okai. It's like, just for the shit that you said, you got to fight that motherfucker. It's like, yo. <laughs> and I saw people, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of journalists saying, I know Mokayev has so much experience. He has a lot of talent. But this might be a little too much for him early on. I'm like, what the hell? What are y'all thinking? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, but that was good. That brought that brought a smile out of my soul. I was like, that's what you dub. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, yeah, what what a way to, to kick off the night. My wife, I was working at that moment in time, so I was in a good mood. But uh, yeah, when he, uh, when he soared through the air and landed that kick, uh, landed the knee, sorry, Oh man, yeah, it was, it was, it was a thing of beauty, and I just think that what what Kairos was saying before it baffled me that people were um, were questioning his his credentials when questioning his experience when he's had so what he had five pro fights beforehand, and then he had twenty three amateur fights, undefeated, 20, undefeated, yes, yes, in, in about twenty three. So I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's Isn't already, that something for people yeah, he's already, to pay he's attention? A, and... 
Exactly. And he's so young. And I even heard like other podcasts like showing no interest in him, even if because they didn't know anything about him, which I just thought was strange. Like you kind of heard the hype about, behind this kid. That footage is out there. If I can find it, so can you. So to kind of just like, eh, whatever, and just not pay attention to him. And then for them to see like the outcome of it, I really hope y'all are paying attention now. Oh, they you know? would be. Like, and like, like Mike and I have been tweeting for, for a long time and said, get on this bandwagon now, people. You get on this mm. bandwagon now because, yeah, <laughs> well, well, you're, you're going to see that this guy's a real talent. And his story, he came to the UK as a refugee uh, nine years ago and he couldn't speak a word, word of English. And now he's competing in mixed martial arts premier promotion. I mean, that's, that, that's yeah, that, that's something else. Moving swiftly on, Corey McKenna and Elise Reed. I'm not going to keep kicking these off. I want you all to jump in and um, select some men and women who did battle. So um, Corey McKenna and Elise Reed. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But what did that judge see? I don't know. What do you say? 30, 27? 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, and who, who was it? Who was it, Chisanga? I, I, I don't, I, I was, that was literally, that's the fight that I went backstage to work in the media room because my Wi-Fi wasn't working at that time and I was kicking out for fuss. But, um, so I didn't really truly see that fight. I think I saw um, a good round and a half of it, but from what I saw, it was obvious that she would, she, she didn't win. <laughs> she, she, she didn't win that like i mean yeah maybe she won if the the metric for winning is taking r- straight right hands to the face over and oh. over and yeah. over again yeah but, yeah she, she she didn't win and um yeah and i'm and i'm glad that the um that we didn't have judges from remember the era of back in the day that oh if you get a takedown and even if you don't do anything with it that takedown um, yeah, negates everything else that that's happened in the fight. In the fight, uh, I'm glad that right. If if you tackle someone at the last minute, you win the round. Yeah, exactly. Thank thank God that didn't happen. Like, I, was I disappointed for her to lose in front of her um friends and loved ones? Yeah, of course. I didn't want any Brit to lose, but I mean, you got to face facts that at least Reed won that fight handily. Absolutely. You didn't want any Brit to lose. Any Brit to lose? No, no, I didn't want any, any Brits to lose. Didn't want any Brits to lose, Mike. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna come on to that. We're gonna address the thorny issue. Really? And a certain um, uh, member uh, on that card actually brought to the press conference and rather pointedly, and um, I think rather cuntily, if I may be so bold and be so honest. But moving swiftly on, who wants to uh, chime in about this matchup? Yep. I got one mic to bring yep. to the table. You know, mm-hmm. I'm so excited about the prelims. Let's just jump right into, because I know y'all won't break down Jack Shore, but I, I want to jump that real quick. Let's talk about Paul Craig yep. and Nikita Krylov. Y'all can't tell me that when he threw up his legs, y'all didn't know the fight was over. Like, I knew it. Like, I'm on the, the um, Paul Craig bandwagon. So when I saw him throw his legs up, I was like, fight's over. Fight's over. Here he is. Here he is. What'd y'all think of his performance and what do y'all think of Paul Craig and how he's become this kind of G on the ground with these triangles? And I'm going to start with Kairos. Your thoughts on the fight? That man's going to make a lot of people lose a lot of money. Listen, the thing about a come from behind wind is you're coming from behind. He was getting squashed. He was getting ripped apart. Straight up murked. I get it. He's handsome. He keeps daggers in his socks. Like, we love that dangerous shit. 
I'm going to tell you this right now. The game that he's playing right now inside the cage is fucking dangerous. You got to offer a little bit more offense than you fucking putting up some triangles from your back. I'm sorry. Yes, he's talented. But I'm going to tell you this right now. He ain't as good as what people are acting like he is. This man's going to end up fighting someone who could actually fight. Okay, this man's going to end up fighting somebody who's not going to let him off the hook or play his game. He's going to get splattered on the fucking floor. I get it. He finished the fight. I get it. He has multiple finishes off his back. I get it. He beat Jamal. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But now he's fucked himself because now he's in a position where he has to fight people who aren't going to do that shit. You know what? What? Who's the person? What if he were to fight Dominic Reyes? I know everyone's believing that Dominic Reyes' stock is low, but if he were to fight Dominic Reyes, I believe we'd see something similar to that first round, except for Dominic not following him to the ground and say, get the fuck back up. And then him having to strike with him for 15 or 25 minutes. Is Paul Craig good? Yes. Is he great? Yes. Is he that caliber of top five to top seven? No. No. And you can't keep winning fights like that. We've seen this happen time and time again where, oh, my God, all he needs is X, Y, and Z. This, the same thing is, oh, no, all you need is one shot and they can change the fight. It's the same exact scenario if you get in a submission. All you need is to get it down there. We see what happens with Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega is a lot more talented than Paul Craig is, and he was coming from behind for five straight fights. And what happened when he started fighting the Elite Elite? He got five straight beatdowns. Sure, he came out of winning up three of them or two of them, but most of the point, he's getting fucked up. He's getting fucked up. And you can't win everything from behind. <laughs> you can't win everything from behind. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, really yeah. well. I, I, I think Paul is, uh, has made tremendous improvements over the last, what is it, three three and a bit years, like what people are forgetting that he's now undefeated in his last six. Um, granted, obviously, one of those wins is against an aging Shogun, so I don't know if how much uh, how much stock you can you can you can put into that. But um, can, but, but Chisanga, if you if I don't mean to interrupt, but also no, no, like, no, he, he's beating top ten fighters. He beat um, last night. He beat Nikita Krylov. Last um, he beat Jump. Jamal Hill. Oh, um, yes. He beat number four, Magomad Ankalaev. So I I mean, I understand your points of view and whatnot, but I mean, we're not going to take into consideration that he's beating top 10 fighters. No, of course, I'm, agreeing. I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you, G. I'm, you know? I'm, I'm fully in agreement with you. I think um, I, I think a lot look of people... Look at Cairo's face, though. Look. <laughs> I, think I don't agree one bit. I disagree. I disagree. I think y'all are gassing this man. Oh, I won't make reference to that rocket that blew up. But what I am going to say is y'all are gassing him up, and he's about to get splattered. We have seen this over and over. Okay, outside of his grappling game, what makes him a contender in the striking realm? Because we've seen time and time again, a lot of people might not be able to get it to the ground every single time. And him getting knocked down isn't necessarily a way to get it to the ground because some people aren't going to follow him there. So what do we see from an offensive standpoint in striking that can give us some sort of indication that he is an actual true contender in the top five, the top eight? Because well, that's we what people are talking we, about right now. We haven't had to see it in the last, in the last. We however. have. We, we've gotten to see it. We've gotten to see it every single time. He's no, I'm say, no, I'm saying He's we getting have. Blasted. All right. But the man keeps winning. We keep, and Patty keeps getting hit too. Why are you sure. taking damage to getting hit too when he keeps winning too? But you know, the nah, nah. is different. Howdy's going to end up fighting somebody who's going to not let him off the hook. fight someone who's not going to let him get off the hook either. That's different. Nah, that, the, 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 the caliber ah. of opponent, the, <laughs> the caliber yes. of opponent is different. I think um, at, okay. at this, at this uh, little interlude, um, whilst <laughs> I commend you, uh, Chisanga for taking up the Brit mantra and waving the flag. 
I too have doubts about Paul Craig and his longevity with um, essentially bringing his inner Paul Sass to the table. Paul Sass, um, the triangle or the Sass angle, um, was somebody who basically came unstuck because people obviously figured out that how they were going to lose was they were going to get triangled. So that's not really the recipe for longevity. Plus, at the end of the day, um, you know, I know this has got nothing to do with the fight. I just found the whole waving the banner for hair transplants. Now look at me, look at, look at, look at what's going on here. This is receding, but I'm letting it go. Poor Craig, let it go. Because it's clear the hair transplant thing, either you're mid-transplant or uh, you, you need to actually go back to renew what's actually going on there. But that, I have to say, I'm not going to lie, it was a bit of a distraction. That's all I'm saying. It I'm takes- with you, Mike. I was totally distracted because that man is so fine that he does not need those implants. He could just no. have the- he could have the donut ring and he'd still be fine. He could go bald. He'd be fine. Handsome why, why he played those games with those little weird implants. And why are they all doing it? Do you know, I just saw Francis Ngannou yeah, playing saw, his hand I, with it. Yeah, but his um, his his hairline, like, it's weird. There's like a little triangle here, like, there that's like missing of it. And then it's all good there. But, but I mean, it's like a trend, pro. though. It's, it's like an MMA trend, though, isn't it? Like, um, it must be two for one. It must be two yeah. for one. Bring your mate along and you'll get yours free. Yeah. They must have a coupon or something. Joe Rogan doing it. Francis. They got like something going on. I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll do it. If, if I have enough money in the future when it happens, fuck it. Yeah. yeah I want, I want to it. Would you do it? Would you? Would you? Would you go for the hair implants? Uh, Don't pro- they hurt? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe so, but yeah, I might. I, fuck it, I might do it if I have enough. If I had enough money, yeah, of course. But, don't they uh, take your pube hair and put it on on your head? This is, is what they do. Ever heard hearing of it, Mike? And I just, <laughs> <laughs> not trying to shame these people into doing it. Beauty is pain. If these people want to change it, like go right ahead. Get the implants wherever you want them. He's Dude, so fine. He doesn't need exactly. it. He's so See, him and Paula Costa don't. Need I will it. always encourage people if they want to get um, cosmetic surgery done, go do it. If it makes you feel good, because I'm the son of a plastic surgeon, so that shit literally fed me for. <laughs> <laughs> You're here shilling. You're here shilling for your dad. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, if you want to get some new in uh, in the UK, Charles Malata's your hookup. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, who's next? Who's got a prelim they want to talk about? Okay, let me get the rest of the card up. I completely heard. <clears throat> Two seconds. All right. Yeah, I don't have it up, so I'm just relying on y'all. And I'm in- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, c- kind of a sad one. The feature prelim of the night between uh, Mike Grundy and, and Macro Namakani. <clears throat> I yeah it was it, it was a it was a it was a rough one to watch because Mike was going into this fight knowing uh, he, well he, he found out not too long ago his dad was diagnosed with a terminal illness oh yeah so I, obviously I'm not laughing at that he went he went yeah in, I just want to say I'm not laughing at yeah that. he went into the fight obviously um, and his dad was cage side wasn't he dad was cage side as well oh yeah. no um, went into the fight with the 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 added motivation of. Uh, of, of wanting to perform in front in front of his his father, and obviously he um, he had his back up against the wall going into the fight, having lost his uh, his last two, and unfortunately 
um, he was overzealous with the takedown too early and Macron got him in his uh, patented anaconda choke. He's choked quite a few people out with that, actually. I remember he got uh, Danny Henry with that as well. Uh, so, yeah, that, that 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 was a shame. I thought that fight was going to go a lot longer. And I, I anticipated it playing out on the feet because, obviously, you know, two, two decent uh, grapplers, it tends to play out on the feet. They tend to kickbox, yeah. Yeah, because neither one really wants to to risk giving up a, a takedown if you know what I mean but yeah that that was uh, that was sad for me I had no idea about the background story that is yeah, incredibly yeah, sad it's, it's it's I just don't understand why Mike you know right off the jump just went for something that is kind of like um Marquan's uh bread and butter yeah. and also Marquan is a hardcore grappler but he does exhaust himself grappling so yeah i just yeah. don't think that was the best way to you know to go to go towards you know a technique that he's really good at and he's not even tired yet like it was a bizarre game plan or whatever that war decision yeah. or it was yeah, very bizarre mixed strikes should have mixed in some strikes with with, with got it him tired play. yeah yeah because we have yeah, we, seen that macron can tire like i mean uh absolutely was, the the hurricane shane burgos fight remember he was a beast for a round and a half and then Shane just like slowly but surely came back into it. And yeah. then he, in the I've third. never seen Marquand never get tired. That's why I said that. Every fight I've seen him in, if you drag it out, he gets tired and he just keeps grappling and gets more and more tired. So I, in my mind, I thought Grundy was going to mix things up, try to wear him out and eke out this win or, or do a kickboxing match and, and get him tired. I did not expect him to come full forward and get choked out like that. But maybe he was excited because his father was there, you know? Yeah, I I think he, like, Mm. that gave him, that lit a fire under him and perhaps made him uh, deviate from a game plan that I'm pretty sure Colin Heron would have devised. The game plan, I'm sure, would have been not to immediately go for it, but I don't know. I mean, Mike Grundy's a really nice guy. I know, know obviously, he's on a three-fight losing streak, so he's lost to uh, Americani, Lando Venata, and I can't remember who the other one is, but... I'd like to see him be given another shot, but sadly, I don't think he's going to get another shot. I would be shocked and surprised. Maybe the romanticised view that I have of those who were competing on the card yesterday who were from Liverpool, uh, segueing nicely into UFC Liverpool, because that's clearly on the cards. And um, I'll be shocked and surprised if they don't give him another chance. I mean, really and truly, why not? Yeah, no, I I, I, I I agree with you. So it's it'll, my guess is it's either going to be Liverpool or Manchester. Maybe Manchester because they haven't been to Manchester since uh, in six years. So that's my guess. But yeah, it was a, it was a big win for um, for Amrakani. He he also had his back up against the wall, having lost yeah. uh, having lost his, his previous two as well. So but, he was on the <laughs> chopping block for sure. He was. He was. Even though he has the best tapology. Uh, picture ever have you seen this type ever. of yeah absolutely incredible a thing of beauty <laughs> yes. if you haven't seen it listener go and check out Macron Maracani's topology page yeah absolutely <laughs> splendid all right yeah should we chop it up onto the main card then I, I think they'd be the height of bad manners to move on without addressing oh, Jack Shaw about Jack yeah Tim Ovalia because I mean, a, a lot of people were talking about this being a step up and, and probably a, a step too far for him. Um, I wasn't one of those people. Jack Shaw is a tremendous talent. And what he proved last night is that, you know, for me, I want to see Umar Namagamadov. I want to see that fight happen. But um, he proved the doubt was wrong. And I'm really pleased that, again, you know, Jack Shaw is just 
basically showing that he's levels above everybody. Um, and, you know, he is a unique talent, especially as far as like grappling is concerned. Exactly, man. And, and especially the fact that he's just still training in Wales, which obviously is slowly but surely becoming catching up with the rest of the UK in terms of becoming a mixed martial arts hotbed. But mm. there, there aren't that many high quality bodies in comparison to elsewhere in the UK, but he's, uh, his, his dad, Richard Shore, who's a, who's a great coach, um, deserves a lot of credit. And I said this to Peter Carroll when uh, he, uh, he, he was going around the media day and asking people uh, for the Spotify Greener, who I think will be uh, most likely to win a title out of this current crop, uh, other than Aspinall, because obviously Aspinall's close in heavyweight contention. Um, and I said, Jack, sure. I, 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 I truly believe that he can, uh, he can be a force of bantamweight. He, he should find uh, a number by his name. He should enter the rankings on Tuesday. That would be five, five and oh now. And uh, Valuev is held in high regard by many, many people. So if, I'm his, one of them. if his name's not in the top 15 <laughs> on Tuesday, that would be, be blasphemy. But I truly think Jack Shaw is probably one of the <clears> most <throat> well-rounded mixed martial arts that we have. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's him and Leon for sure they're the most well-rounded I'd probably even say maybe in terms of wrestling Jack edges it so I'll, I will say Jack is the most well-rounded mixed martial artist <clears throat> in the UK I was a bit worried when they booked this fight I am very familiar with Valiev. I think he I think he makes a lot of like mistakes when he's fighting but I also think that he's really hard to put down if you noticed last night Jack dropped him he got right back up like he definitely can be dropped, but his wrestling is, is, is incredible. And just his tenacity and just how tough he is had me thinking, man, I don't know who to pick for this fight. I wasn't too shocked that Jack won, but it was nice to see him come back from the adversity. I did think in the second round, Jack was struggling a bit with um, Valiev, like he was controlling him at that in the second round. He, to me, he had the superior wrestling and then Jack made the proper adjustments and didn't just adjust. He dropped the motherfucker and what, what was it like a almost like a 10 eight round or like he, the third round yeah. was all jacks, which was incredibly impressive for someone who was just getting his ass kicked in the second round. So that, you know, adjustment that he made so quickly in between rounds was was incredible to me. Unsure if he'll be like champion material or whatnot. I don't know if I'm that high up on him, Chisanga, as much as you are, but I do think he's pretty talented. Yes. And definitely a prospect that we need to keep our eyes on. For sure. For sure. All right, are we uh, we moving on to the uh, the main card then? Unless Kairos wanted to chip in. Oh, you guys actually want me to contribute now. I appreciate it. Thank you for that. <laughs> you always I come on here to... talking politics. We want to talk about MMA today, okay? Stop your politics. You got me scared because I started laughing. And of course, Jasanger does that fuck shit to talk about some sad shit. So it makes it look like I'm laughing at the sad. I was like, God damn it. I was like, God damn it. Now I look like an idiot. I was like, shit. I felt bad too. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I was like, let me apologize to you. <laughs> but, yeah. People know yeah, you're laughing at that. For the record, yeah. um, Kairos and I did not know about the backstory when <laughs> we were laughing. Just, you yeah, know, for I the know for, uh, for the But Jack. Jack is a person who's checked the boxes, though. I was just talking shit about Paul, about all the, like, boxes that are unknown. Jack is checking those. And I think in his case, when they when he was talking about, oh, yeah, I wanted to fight Umar, in my head, I was thinking, that's an 80-20% fight. 80% chance you lose, 20% chance you win. After watching that fight, I think the percentage has moved in his favor a little bit more. I'm not going to say it's a 50-50 fight. I definitely don't think that. But I think it's 60-40, maybe, like, 
65. No, I like 60-40. I think it's a 60-40 fight for him now versus my beginning um, perception. So I think Jack is – I think Jack's the real deal, but I think he should fight some other people before fighting Umar and, like, get some more momentum and some more confidence and, like, develop some skills some more. Yeah, they could be- also build that fight up. Like, you yeah. don't you put them – like I, I know every now and then, and I've said on the podcast as well that I like prospect on prospect versus violence. But let this one marinate a bit. Yes, like, and um, I forget who it was, but there have been like, I forget what prospect fight it was, but like, both these people were like on seven and eight fight winning streaks when they met each other. I was like, that's that's a prospect fight. That's like whoever's winning this one is it's going up top seven, cracking yep. top five. I love like, those fights. We need to put those out. Like, why? Well, why we know why, but yeah, I love prospect fights like that. Y'all like prospect fights, or do y'all feel that. nervous to kind of cancel? Yeah, I, I like I, I'm I'm an advocate for them, but then at times I'm like, oh, I don't Scared. want I don't want them to lose, and then yeah. like yeah, it, but especially say like if if um, the the person that loses loses in like devastating fashion, and then chin wise they're never the same. Yeah, yeah. like Hakeem Dowdy versus Mozart Ivalev, <laughs> that should have happened a year later when it happened. Like, mm-hmm. we should have let them, because Hakeem was on, like, a six or seven fight run. Mozart was, like, double digits. Like, let that shit marinate some more. But, that could have been a serious way. But sometimes we miss out on good ones. I really think Darren Till and Mike Perry, when Mike Perry yelled at him through the cage, yes, they should have fucking fought. Right then and right there, the next fight should have been them. Right now, that would make no sense even if Mike was in the UFC, but as they developed, there was no way we could have that. But back in the day, that shit should have fucking happened. And the last prospect fight was good too. Costa versus, who's the, that kid from the contender series that got nice hands? Spanish kid? Hispanic. Yes, yeah, excuse me, Hispanic. Um, him versus Costa was a perfect prospect Ooh, match either. Yeah. Because Costa <laughs> lost, but we still fuck with Costa. It didn't cancel out his career, even though he got mocked. So I do yeah. kind of I advocate for prospect fights. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think they hurt the 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 prospect too much, but just plus, like I get the fear though. Mm-hmm. But also it does like now that you put mention it like that way, it also opens up the door to um to rematches. Because oh, well, oh, look, yeah. well look at look at um look at uh McGregor Poirier. Like Connor was a prospect at the time, although Dustin was a little bit established at featherweight uh, to, to to begin with, yeah. but still still a prospect in in the division or and what have you. And then it's a storyline for the future. Exactly, I'm all for prospect beatings. I really am. Speaking of prospects, we we actually lost um, Nathaniel, the prospect Wood, uh, from the card. And I just wondered, from your backstage vantage point, why was it that um, Ilya Tapuria's brother put himself forward? But that wasn't considered. Why was it that, um, God, who was it that was flying down? Davy Grant. Um, sorry? Davy Grant. Davy, Davy Grant, yeah. Why was it that he wasn't considered? Why didn't they keep Nathaniel Wood on, on the card, considering he didn't have any shortage of people coming forward to say, pick me? I'm not too sure, man. I, I mean... Davy Grant would have been perfect. Yeah, that would, that would have been a great fight. That would have been- <laughs> fight but uh, you, you you don't know what demands might have been made from from, mm. from other teams and what um stipulations as to the weight of the the opponent uh, that they fight at so I've, I've i don't know man but it was it was gutting to see and what made it 
that well got to see that we didn't have a single under in there what made it even more frustrating as well from where i was sat i could see dominic wooding watching watching the fight as well and a guy that lives what like 10 or 15 minutes away from from the o2 and like that opportunity that we would have had i i know it's going to come i know one day I'll, I'll be there covering him cage side but it was uh, it was sad mm. to see in that instance and speaking of dominic wooding it's only right that I break some more news around Dominic Wooding. Okay. And you'd have seen it on Twitter already. Um, for those of you that haven't know, this would be breaking news to you. Series six of Dana White's Contender Series is actually dropping in June, July, sorry. And it will feature Dominic Wooding as one of the contestants. My man. We're glad to see him. Well, he's he's done enough to, to earn a straight shot for the UFC. Definitely. But- from his uh, from his perspective, I know he just wants to get there as quickly as possible, and he's willing to do what whatever. And why not just take another fight when you're in the form of your career as well? So I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be cheering on. I'll be staying up to actually watch that contender series one as well. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm Maybe happy for him. I'm happy for him too. But I wish they would have just signed him head on. I don't think yeah. he deserves it. I don't want him to get a contender series contract and get that type of payment. I oh think. yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I think he deserves more. Like Mike, when you posted that, I was happy because that's your man. You know what I'm saying? And then I yeah. like him as well. But I was a little dismayed with like he's not that contract. Not cool. Mm-hmm. You know. So mm-hmm. hopefully, um, he gets through that contract, does well, and then he can you know, get a little money coming after. But I understand that this is probably his foot in the door. So I wish him the best. And I'm going to watch when he uh, performs at um, Contender Series, definitely. Main card, Jai Herbert versus Ilya Tapuria. Look, let's uh, just cut to the chase here. We all knew that this was a tough uh, matchup for Jai Herbert. Um, And I'm not surprised that it ended in the brutal fashion that it it did because whilst Jai Herbert for me was the best Jai Herbert I have to say um that I have seen in a long while um I would say this this is one of his standout performances even better than you know when he secured the win um in the UFC I, I I personally thought that he was punching above his weight here. I mean, literally, I mean, that exactly is, is exactly what happened. Ila Taporia came up and um, delivered the goods. He delivered in a spectacular fashion that we all knew he would. And that KO was brutal. It was brutal to see, um, especially, you know, given that Ila Taporia, um, it, it seemed as though he, he was on violence from the time that he touched down, given what, we saw unfolding on our screens or, on, or, or well, across the, the internet um, in the lead up to fight night. It was almost as though he, he was practicing his rage because the way he delivered that knockout blow, it was with bad intentions. Yeah, it was, I mean, obviously I have a relationship with Jai as well. And it's not, it's never nice to see somebody that, that you know and have a relationship with get, get flatlined like that. But this man... Seems he he has the, like the the worst luck in the UFC in terms of like he'll be dominating the fight, and then it's it's one shot that like it, it's oh, I'm not gonna uh, equate it to like a hail mary one the Ilya strike but the Trinaldo one Trinaldo just went started swinging for the fences that 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 third round because he'd been getting pieced up for uh, the two rounds two rounds previously, but um 
yeah, it's, 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 it's unfortunate. I mean, like that, that's literally like, you know, when they say you, you zig when you should get shit exact, if he just yeah. flipped the other way, I mean, we could be talking about a completely different scenario here. He could be two, uh, two wins to the good in the UFC now, but I was impressed with what I saw. And like that head kick that he dropped him with as well was a thing, a thing of beauty. Like beauty. They, must have, they must have drilled him coming in, looking to, uh, to close the distance for takedowns. Uh, perfectly with that counter kick as well and it it paid dividends and yeah at, at one point i thought uh once he dropped him i thought that oh shit this fight's going to be over me too but, uh, but, but i think yeah i think just uh well muscle memory kicked in for tapuri and he just drove for a takedown to 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 survive and evidently he did and jai also showed improvements uh well, on, on the ground because he didn't take much damage whatsoever when Tapuria did have him down. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, he lost in, in brutal fashion, but there are positives to take for Jai Herbert. As you said, this was the best that he's looked. He looked a lot better than he did uh, even against Trinaldo. So I'm hoping he'll get an another crack. Uh, I, I know, obviously, he's lost three or four, but he, he always brings it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that you, he, he will do. Yeah, um, I'm a huge um, Tapura fan. From day one, I have been just really excited to see this guy fight. And he's pretty um, come forward type of fighter. But I felt like last night he would just seemed angry. I don't know. It just seemed like he was incredibly aggressive. But I will say this. That's the best Jai Herbert I've ever seen. And I agree with both of you. The way in which he was using his length and the range and how quickly he found his timing on Ilya, of all fighters. Like, remember who he was fighting. For him yeah. to quickly find the range like that and to just... The speed too, it was incredible. The jab, everything that he was doing that was catching Ilya off guard was just amazing to me. And I have never seen John Herbert perform like that. So it kind of broke my heart to see Ilya kind of falling apart at first with that, because I'm a fan of his. But then I was like, holy shit, John Herbert is the truth too. Mm -hmm. And then of course the knockout came and it was bittersweet because I was happy to see Ilya get you know through the adversity and then whatever, you know, Ja was throwing at him. But at the same time, my heart broke because you could tell ja, ja went balls to the wall. Yeah. He was fighting for his job and it showed and he did not prevail. And it was a really bad knockout. And that's not good for negotiations or being on the chopping block. So my heart goes out to him. I really hope they give him at least one more fight. But I don't know. He's kind of hot, cold, hot, cold in the UFC. So we shall see. But I really hope the MMA <clears throat> gods and Dana just kind of give him one more shot where he can really show that hand speed again and, and his ability to adjust and have that type of range with another opponent because he looked good before he got knocked out. Yeah, I'm hoping his uh, his manager, Graham Boylan, can can get that. Can get that's that something. Yeah, he, he has a very good relationship with the UFC, so one would hope he gets another shot. Kairos, what were your thoughts on the fight? Well, <clears throat> you guys said it. That was the best we've seen him. Like, sometimes shit happens. Like, And if we're talking about people getting third and fourth shots, I feel like his fighting style and his willingness to take these fights should wait on his behalf. Like, we got people who are ass and boring getting main event slots on pay-per-views like Greg Hardy. The fuck ain't Jai Herbert ain't getting his fourth and fifth try for Sam like Alvey. he goes out there and gets, yeah. get Sam Alvey the fuck out of fight. Fuck I don't here. like because he got it. But yeah, like I think he definitely deserves another shot. And I don't think he should go the route of Dan saying, I'm gonna switch weight. I think he's fine at 55. I think he should just take some time, recover. When they when and if they give him his try, just keep doing what you're doing. Because I don't see 
I don't, <laughs> I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think there's anything that he needs to improve upon besides just like maybe opponent pick, maybe matchmaking for him could help him. Like maybe like you know maybe weaning off like I'm gonna take the person that nobody else wants to fight that's moving up a weight class that you know maybe that might benefit him. But other than that, I, I don't think there's anything needed to be changed. I have a question for all of you guys in, in regards to this fight. What went wrong with Tapira in the first round? What was what was getting to him? What was happening? I've never seen anybody touch him up like that before, and I can't figure out what was going on. Joe Herbert's range, he was yeah. too too yeah. quick. Plus, that head kick that dropped him, that must have been demoralizing as well. Okay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, yeah, between, between how fast Herbert came out there and how hot he did, but I also think, like, there's a few factors that played into Superior's head. And I think one, he wanted to send the message. Two, he wanted to position himself to fight Patty. So he was thinking, I gotta go out here and fuck this guy up. And especially when he came out there and the crowd was booing his ass. They were booing. Like he was trying to shake people's hands. And they're like, they're like, nah, you ain't shaking. I was like, damn, you know that got this. And he was like, nah, I gotta make a statement. So then he came out there aggressive as fuck, trying to march forward. And Jai was just like, bah, bah. like I I think it's a mix between multiple things. I think he was getting emotional. He wanted to send the message on top of Jai being just that guy. And like him getting fucking lit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. Mo- moving on to well, what I think was undoubtedly the the highlight finish of the night. That insane spinning back elbow from Molly McCann. Jesus Christ. But I must say, right. I missed it. I turned around to speak to my to my friend uh, Alex McCarthy at Talksport. I literally turned like wow. this, and then I just turned around and just saw Luana just go boom on the canvas. I'm like, what? The-? I know. Karis is laughing at me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. That's why you always keep your eyes on on the action. But uh, yeah, when when I saw the replay, I was like, holy shit, holy shit. That was that that was something else. And I'm glad that she got the bonus. I'm, I'm glad Dana actually gave bonuses to everybody that got finishes that night because that yeah. was that was that was a very special night but it also shows that ufc can do that in at any time as well so and subsequently could increase fire pay but that's another podcast nine nine fighter bonuses what was it four hundred fifty hundred thousand? <laughs> like it was yeah, crazy dollars. yeah but um yeah what, what 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 did you make of it i mean molly came out very aggressive in the first round she had she had success pushing pushing luana back and there were at times that it looked like maybe if she just landed the, the telling blow that she might be able to, to, to force the referee to, to intervene. But then Luana came back in the second, started utilizing her range, her length, especially with the knees, and she did manage to tie Molly up a bit more. But And then obviously when she tied her up in the third, well, I don't think anybody in the world expected Molly to throw that spinning back elbow. But I mean, they obviously drilled it and it worked perfectly. Sorry to piss in the tent as much as I love the KO, as much as I think that, you know, Molly McCann uh, really does bring it in terms of um, her willingness to scrap and to exchange and to really get and dig quite deep into her repertoire and what she brings. That woman had no business being in the cage with Molly. That woman was actually brought in as a sacrificial lamb to slaughter, to showcase. Thank you, Mike. He basically a punch back, 100%. What? 100%. Had, it, it, it looked like this was her debut, that she'd never fought even um, professionally before. Okay, but look, but I believe she she came in on like a two-fight win. She beat, who did she beat? She beat um, 
Priscilla Cachoeira, okay, like who that, also that, has no business being in the UFC, right? Let me finish. Let me finish. I believe she. Beat, <laughs> I believe she beat she beat Pollyanna Botello and who's the other one? Who's the other one? Uh, Lupita Gonita. Someone from Twitter, right? Twitter FC. That's who she beat. Nah, yeah, she beat Lupita. Yes, okay. yes. And Lupita, yeah. Lupita, okay, she beat Lupita Gonitas, and Lupita Gonitas in her last fight just beat Luke. Uh, I'm gonna butcher her last name. Uh, but Loma is undersized. This, this is the problem, though. This is the problem. She should not have been given like no. She shouldn't be in the UFC. No, she should not be in the UFC 100. And although she had momentum against people, every single person that she beat beat has an asterisk next to them. One, undersized for the division. Oh, you beat this person, this person's on the losing streak. Oh, you beat this person, this person isn't well-developed. They put you in there to get fucking murked. And I think I, my, I'm going to try and shit on my great performance. She did what mm-hmm. she, was, she was supposed to do yes. and more. Yes. However, I think looking at the way that that fight was fought, I'm very worried about her and her next fight with who they're going to line her up with. Because you got a crazy knockout, and now they're going to give you someone who can fight again. But aren't y'all always worried about um, Molly McCann? Like, she's all right. Like, you just have to take her to the ground and avoid her big shots. Like, I've always been worried about Molly. And I also think this fight was a fat. Remember, Mike, we used to call it a fastball down the middle. They fed her a sacrificial lamb. And I know we're going to talk about Patty soon, but they did the same thing with that motherfucker. They set up those two motherfuckers (laughs) to win. And that's what the fuck we saw. And not only did they set them up to win, they set them up to win in incredible fashion. That was a setup. Mm-hmm. And it happened. It was beautiful. We had fun, but we got to call it what it is. Thank you. Thank Mike, you. Yes. I disagree with the, with the Molly one, but I am inclined, no. inclined to agree with you on the, on, on the matchmaking with, uh, with, with Patty. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I, what I think- redeemable features uh, did you see in that fight? Um, where you thought that she deserved to be in there with Molly? What redeemable features? Like as, yeah. as, as I said in in the uh, in the second round, she did considerably better with her with her with her range management and the the strikes she was landing, in particular her knees. Look, at, why is Kairos looking at me? Like, we're we're interested in what you you like, what, what, what almost, shit is coming out of your it. mouth. I almost find it disrespectful to Molly that he thinks that she will. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I almost find that disrespectful to Molly. Like mm. it, uh, we, well, there's a reason why we never seen Molly drop somebody. She hasn't knocked someone out since Cage Warriors, and there's a reason for it. And then last night she got a fucking also, landed an elbow knockout. That's contender knockout of the year. That's for a reason. But okay, but also how many how many uh, knockouts, clean knockouts, do you see like in the female fights in general? It's very rare. Very rare. Depends who you watch, though. There are some people who got fucking heaters. Yeah, okay. Jessica and, it, and Jessica, Andrade, and Jessica Andrade and KK. Yep. But also, the reason why we don't see it that much also is because they don't match up fights like that with people Thank who you. should not be fighting people. That's why we don't see them knockouts like that. Same as like, you could say the same thing mm. for the men's of this. You don't see crazy just unless it's like, okay, maybe that he shouldn't have, like, Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. Like, what were y'all thinking? But, but here's my point, though. Luana showed us exactly what type of fighter she was in that fight. How many times did she surrender her leg with that lazy ass kick to Molly? She sent she sent that kick down the middle at least twelve times, yeah. and Molly caught it nine or ten out of the twelve. It was it was crazy how many times Molly caught it, and she still kept throwing it up until the last fight ending sequence of Molly catching it and then elbowing her with it. Like we're talking about a fighter who was actively fighting 
receiving information and feedback on what she's doing wrong during the fight, probably from her corner and from her throwing the technique, and then her still throwing the technique and finally leading to her being finished, not just losing the fight, being finished. Not a fighter who should be in the UFC right now. You have no problem solving. You don't even understand problem solving. Chisanga, put your hoodie back on. Shank him, blood. Shank him. (laughs) No, I'm in agreement with what Kairos is saying. Like, uh, I mean, like, if you... it's. What's the, the the saying? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the expecting different results or whatever what have you. Like I'm, I know I've not said that correctly, but yeah, <laughs> if you're not processing that that kick is not working, then, <laughs> then you need to, um, well, maybe have your corner yell at you better or he whatever. Terrible. What have you. <laughs> he looked terrible. Is there any highlights that we got from her? Like, is there any? Yeah. Like- she was smiling. She got hit hard. And she smiled. That was a highlight. She was like, oh, I did her. Uh. That was, was like clinching up, just holding Molly, maybe. Like, <laughs> her in the corner trying not to. Yeah, just, that was her highlight. Her Perfect defense. Holding her like this and shit. That was Good a highlight. Um, I don't think she belonged in there with Molly. And I think that's why it was, <laughs> she was given <laughs> to Molly. And I think that's why Molly got almost a knockout of the year contender. No. She got a knockout of the year contender. hundred percent. But it was 100%. given to her. Yeah. This is what we expected to see. She did what she was set up to do. This is just like the and well, and well. You got to give her props tremendously well. Yeah, yeah. Mike, yeah. we used to say 100%. that all the time. Whenever yeah. you're given a fastball down the middle, you better fucking blow it out the motherfucking park. Just like we've we've said it with MVP. Whenever they give him a late replacement, and this motherfucker is not a good fighter, what does MVP do? Just they he breaks their skull. That's what you're supposed to do, and that's what Molly <laughs> yeah. did. Amen oh, to I, her. Like we're not taking away from her performance at all. Not it's at just, all. Yeah, no, it's no, just no. that she got a fastball that she got a slow forty mile per hour flat fastball. I tell you, down I tell the you, middle. the last fastball that I do remember being given, I think it was um, Tom Breeze. It was a KB Buller that he. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And like you knocked him out with like a jab or what? Like and like. <laughs> look, yeah, and he wasn't, he wasn't even rocked, if you know what I mean, but. Look at you know what's my favorite fastball down the middle? Fucking um Valentina versus Jessica I. Okay, <laughs> Valentina kicked her so fucking hard Stop she ended it. up for three minutes later. You know what I'm saying? Like we thought she was seriously injured. Everybody was shook. That's the fastball oh, that you want to put this woman here with me? Watch out. I'm gonna use my leg nah. like a bat and just get her right out of here. Like that's a <laughs> fastball down the middle. That's what that one dude versus Roosevelt Rob. What was his name? Ignacio? Was it Ignacio? Was it <laughs> Monday, that yeah. was a fastball. When he, people were talking about, Ro- I was like, bro, Roosevelt should not be in the UFC. He should not be in the UFC. And they gave Ignacio, a guy who's a top 10 guy. I don't care what anybody says. He's not ranked. Oh, he is. He's a top yeah. 10 guy. Like, he is. There's no getting around it. And y'all gave him. And I was watching. I was like, he's a dead man walk. I was like, this man. That was a I, fastball. That is I definitely- like mismatches. I like mismatches because you get fucking death. You know? I don't like <laughs> too much. I not like all the time. Like, I would, yeah, but yeah. I, but- what one thing I'd say is that in in the UFC and MMA you don't really get mismatches as you do in boxing, you know, like Bellator uh, prelims. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to call any promotion out by name, but, but, but <laughs> <laughs> I will. All right, on a up. on a exciting card, um, it was I have to say a little bit disappointing to see um, Gunnar Nelson delivering the dud against uh, Takashi Sato. That, I have to say, is 
painful to watch and painful to rewatch. Being a Gunnar Nelson fan, that wasn't what I was expecting for his triumphant return. Uh, but he also, it's, what is it, nearly three years off? Yes. So in three, uh, I mean, okay, like let him dust off the cobwebs or whatever. You, you can't always expect people to, to, um, to, to triumphantly return off after like uh, such a lengthy layoff. And I mean, Sato was also a late replacement, was he not? Yeah. Like, who was he meant? Who was Gunnar meant to fight initially? Um, I can't remember. But my thing is this: this is Gunnar Nelson Savant. In my romanticized rearview mirror, I just remember all of his triumphs in the cage and the way that he just wraps up guys. And no, I was expecting, no. I was expecting just a, a sliver, just a, a, a smattering of that. And um, like I say, it was a little bit disappointing from where I was at. Yeah, the amount of ground control that he had, I thought that he would eventually get, like, he managed to get finished. But yes, I mean, so, sometimes people don't don't give you an opening or, or, or what have you. And at times it, it's, it just seemed that Sato wasn't necessarily like, well, his defensive grappling wasn't to um, to transition to a better position. It was just to survive. Mm. You know I mean? But I mean, it says the guy who has no jujitsu experience whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bodley, I see you champing at the bit to say something. That was a fastball for Gunner, and he did not even hit it past the fucking pitcher. First, that was pitcher. that is that was literally a fastball, and this motherfucker was like, "Let me bunt it and just get to first. <laughs> like, what are we? So lazy. I don't care. It's been three years. I don't care. You got him down multiple times. You had ample time to work. He just was slapping him upside the head for about two and a half minutes. I'm just like, no, 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 no. No. Also, okay, okay. Also, let's not forget that Gunner went into this fight in the back of two losses. You know, I mean, so uh, it's Takashi Sato. Okay, but I'm, I didn't. You're gonna make me say that. You're no, gonna make me say that. Okay, but they were exciting losses too. Come on, Chisanga. This was a fastball. This was something which we all expected him to actually dominate and at least get a finish or attempt. Uh, several attempts were made, but they were. The slapping of the back of the head was not enough. Yeah. It was not okay for the fastball down the middle. It is exactly what Cairo said. That motherfucker hit a bunt when somebody threw him a 40 mile per power pitch. The fuck out of here. Are you not? <laughs> and, and, and also, I don't, I don't like like Mike said, piss in the tent. I'm about to piss in all y'all tent. Um, I, I think Gunnar Nelson is extremely overrated. I think he's one of those fighters where he's more popular than has skills. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get the hype behind this guy. I didn't notice he was gone for that long. Why? Because he's boring. You know what I'm saying? When he showed back up, I did not expect him to do anything spectacular. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not really shocked the guy slapped someone's head for three rounds and then walked off with a win. Why am I not shocked? Because I think Gunnar Nelson's overrated. I think he came in with a lot of hype because he's done well in, in, in other organizations or he has like this hype behind him. He's friends with Conor McGregor. But when he was in the UFC, ain't nothing really was exciting about him to me. And he came back from his vacation that I didn't even notice he was on and he did absolutely nothing. I don't get the hype, guys. I don't yeah, get it. a bit of a disrespect. Gunnar, Gunnar Nelson uh, choked out Albert Tumanov when Tumanov was a feared man. Remember, like, remember that motherfuckers were scared about Albert Tumanov? And then, uh, okay, then who did he be afterwards? Alan Joban, Versace model. Yeah, but, uh, that's being disrespectful to, to Alan Joban. But then he came unstuck against Ponzinibbio, but 
is memory will serve me correctly. Ponzinibbio poked the shit out of his eye in that fight. If you remember, like before a yeah. knockout, he came back. Uh, he beat, beat, um, he, yeah, he beat, a lot of arms. Honey. He, no, he beat, he beat Alex, <laughs> Alex Oliveira. That's what I mean. he came back. He beat Alex Oliveira. And then, then he just lost to Leon and Gilbert. I mean, so. Yeah, I, I I I wouldn't go as far as to say that he's 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 overrated. Overrated, yeah. That's, that's he is so overrated. He's my so overrated. All right, just bleed Kairos. Just bleed Kairos. Listen, that should be your new handle. When your account gets zapped next, it should be just bleed not. Kairos. I just okay. From a stand, from a fighting standpoint, everyone always just talks about his BJJ twenty four seven. For people to talk about your BJJ like that, they need to be hot lava when you get on the floor. You need to be just outright just submitting them ever. Like, for, for what Paul Craig is doing, it's basically hot lava when I'm on the ground. Mm. I'm not going to act like that is the case. But for us to do that same shit for Gunner, what have you done for us lately? You haven't done much for us lately. You've been away, and then when you came back, it wasn't like that. And then we look at you as a, like, people want to talk about Ronda Rousey striking being terrible when she's fighting and standing up. Gunner Nelson's striking is terrible. I don't care. Just because he's pretty and doing his little karate shit, that Henry Cejudo does, that don't, that don't make him a fucking striker. That don't make him a fucking striker one bit. That shit don't look good. He looks bad with it. His volume is low. His accuracy is low. He cannot throw, like, he's not fast with the shit. He is so big. He is the talent level in striking that we would see someone who's trying to get into a position, to get into a position, to get into a position of competing on the Tuesday Night Contender Series. I coach. Shit. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I don't know if I've got a retort to that. I'll just, I'll just, we'll, we'll leave it at that then. Shit. Time to move on then to Paddy Pimlet versus Rodrigo Vargas. Um, <laughs> what did you make of this? Um, another fastball down the middle. Um, if you look at Vargas's highlights that the UFC was showing, there weren't really much, you know what I mean? I just think he's like a really tough, he's a really tough kid. No, no, you got to give him his props. He's a tough kid. He did nail Patty in the first round, but this was another like fastball down the middle. This was meant to make him look good and it did make him look good. I just thought it was pretty, uh, you know, interesting that uh, Vargas was able to take him down, which was strange. It was also strange that Vargas tried to take him down again when he was having the striking advantage momentarily, which was just, really bad fight IQ and, and Patty took advantage of that. You're going to take Patty to the ground. Why? He loves to climb on people's backs and that's what the fuck we saw happen. However, I think Patty is a little bit of a star. I do. I did. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to notice how the crowd reacted to him. You'd have to be an idiot not to notice the songs he was singing that he knew the crowd would be aware of and, and know about and just the things that he was saying. And if you don't think this kid has momentum to be a star, you're a fucking idiot. But also, but if you think this kid is going to be a champ or if you think he's another Conor McGregor, you are also a fucking idiot. Okay, uh, there's a difference between popularity and being a good fighter. And I'm not saying he's not a good fighter. He is, but he's not Conor McGregor. He's not going to be champ. He's not going to be double champ. In fact, when he starts to go up the rankings, when they pay him a little bit more, somebody's going to kill him. So, but I do love the stardom about this kid. I love that people want to kill him like Tapora. Um, Makayev wants at him. Everybody's bitten at, you know, biting at him, and I love it. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, my my assessment of the fight, uh, yeah, yeah, it just seems that Patty gets hit early, like, but he, he 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 brushed it off, and he said that, oh, I I always like to get hit early to like wake me up. No fight, it really 
like who who actively goes in with that game plan or or what have you i think obviously there's a clear discrepancy between his skills on the ground and his striking uh, that was also on show um obviously he knocked out luigi vendramini it wasn't wasn't the most aesthetically cl- uh, clean striking or aesthetically pleasing striking but it got it, it got the job done um as somebody that's been aware of Paddy since uh, what 2014 or so um I'm fully aware of, of his, uh, his skill set on the ground and fans haven't really been treated to that yet. So they will be, um, there'll be moments where he, he'll get some, some uh, maybe viral finishes like flying triangles and triangles. stuff like that. I, I think that stuff will, will, will be coming. But as, as you say, the, this, um, yeah, th- this was pretty much uh, LAF. I believe uh, Vargas beat, uh, what's the kid's name? Rongju. At you at 261, and but prior to that, he lost to Brock Weaver. I know it was an illegal knee, but um, and then I can't remember the it was a Brazilian guy who he lost to in his in his debut, but um, yeah, it, it was somebody that the UFC obviously thought he he could beat. Um, they're very sensible in terms of managing him. They know the um, they know uh, they, they know the reach, the global reach that he has and the impact that he has on their socials. Dana talked about it in the post-fight press conference. He said that on his uh, Instagram, when he posted the face-offs, uh, Paddy's got 1.3 million page view, uh, Instagram views, which I mean is, that's gigantic. It's absolutely gigantic. So uh, I wonder what he got on the UFC's official one, let, uh, let alone Dana's. Um, that's why. Yeah. Oh, somebody, I thought someone was asking me something. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, as I said, there's a clear discrepancy between his, his striking skill set and his uh, and his uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But I think if the UFC are smart, in which they are, they know when they have a potential star in their hands, they're going to give him enough time to allow the gap to narrow so then he could potentially c- contend with these well more, uh, more well-rounded fighters. But... Yeah, so that, that that that's my thoughts thoughts on the fight, to be honest. But again, Kazula Vargas, like once he got back to to the feet, he should have separated and not allowed himself to get into position. Where you could you could see the hip toss was coming from from a well from a mile away. But I mean, it's easier saying that like literally being a a, a, a Monday or what have you. Do you, you know what I mean? Like Monday Something morning was coming. You know, yeah, like you, you get that. You no, know, you could you could you could kind of see it happening. But again. Like I am from the vantage point of outside the cage. I'm not in there thinking of uh, what underhook to go for or, or what have you next. Just, but Chisanga, quick question. You were there. Talk about the atmosphere when Patty came out and just what was it like? It was pretty fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was very good. It was it very good. So the song, it comes out to a remix of uh, a Tiesto song called uh, Lethal Industry. And which is like quite a big popular song out here because of like the dance music scene here. And uh, yeah, everybody went crazy when it came out. It's probably, uh, I'm trying to think the best, one of the best walkouts. I'd probably rank it maybe in like the top five or six, but I would say, well, obviously this is the case because he's from there, but I'd say Darren Till's walkout UFC Liverpool trumped that, but Obviously, if Paddy gets a show in Liverpool, then it's it, it'll, it's probably it might even be night and day because he is like Mister Mister Liverpool in in, in that sense. Because like obviously, I, I can't remember how old he was when he became Cage Warriors champion. Was he twenty one or twenty two? And since then, he's been absolutely beloved. And so, 
yeah, I can't imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like when the UFC goes to Liverpool and he's the the showpiece uh, the, the show, in the showpiece fight. I mean, just on uh, you and your view and as the spotlight and as the mic is on you, I'm intrigued at how you felt given that he singled out your publication, the newspaper, The Sun, um, for his castigation at the um, press conference. How do you balance being like um, somebody who obviously is a fan of the sport, somebody who is immensely popular, but is basically um, levelling criticism at uh, your publication? Um, well, first and foremost, let me let me let me make this unequivocal. I I do not, and I will never begrudge anybody from Liverpool for having the the views that they have of of, of my employer. Um, what the editors of years and years ago about what year was Hillsborough? It was 19, it was nineteen eighty nine. just three days before I was actually born. But what was written, uh, what was written on, on the front pages and the allegations and well, not allegations, the, the lies that were written were um, have, have sadly shaped a lot of people's perceptions of people from Liverpool it, and the, these stereotypes still remain to today. So um, again, I've, I let me just make that unequivocally clear that I anybody from Liverpool who has been affected by by the tragedy from Hillsborough are completely warranted to to hold, to hold their views and I I agree with them in the, in the sense that what was written was absolutely horrific but in terms of balancing it myself like I mean that moment in the press conference when he came came through and then he said oh well if you're from the Sun don't dare ask me any questions or what have you I mean. There's a little bit of a sting to it, but at the same time, I wasn't going to go in there and ask him any questions because, well, I wouldn't want to put anybody in that position because I've got quite a recognizable voice. So if somebody was to hear me speak and ask him and he didn't know, and then people would put two and two together and then they'd be like, oh, well, you've spoken to so-and-so from The Sun which is why I didn't ask Molly McCann a question, which is why I didn't ask well, Molly McCann. Obviously, you know, I have a good relationship with her anyway, so I wouldn't want to put her in that position anyway, which is why I didn't ask um, Mike Grundy or Tom Aspel any questions because obviously they're associated with the Liverpool gym and I wouldn't want to put them in the, in that situation, even though the, I've interviewed them previously and have not a relationship or like, uh, what was the... You, you'd, you'd say you're mutual beneficiary associates in terms of fighter and writer and what have you. But um, I don't take any offense to it because it's n- it's nothing to do with me personally. It's just sadly the the outlet who, who I represent and obviously what, what they, um, what they wrote um, back, back in, yeah, it was in, in 1989 was, it was, I mean, there, 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 there's no other words for it. It was just, it was, it was horrific and it was atrocious. And as I said, it was lies that, um, sadly uh still mold some people's perception of people from from liverpool and i mean like you you know what the football culture here is is like mike and uh, sadly some uh i'd say bottom feeders uh make light of the of, of the tragedy and they and they sing songs songs about it but and you can't help but think that that mentality might very well, 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 you can directly link it to what was written so long ago. And then that subsequently passed down from generation to generation. And again, as, as I said before, 
people, everybody from from Liverpool and had any connection there are quite rightly, uh, are quite right to have the stance which they have. And I, I, I take. I take solace in the fact that I I know it's not it's not personally me. That <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? But as I said, like yeah, it's still like it's a kind of bit stinging. But as I said, it it, it is what it is now. So like it's 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 not me personally. It's it's the institution that I represent. Obviously, our institution uh, apologized for for what have you. But obviously, that apology can never make up for actually what happened back then. And I think the headline came out and the, I think it was the day after I was born on 19th of the 19th of April, 1989. And the incident actually happened on the 15th, but yeah, the, the apology can never make up for, for the, for the pain and anguish that it caused uh, the family, the families of those who tragically lost their lives. Kairos, anything to say about the baddie before we move on? Um, I mean, I feel I wanted to make a comment on what you said, but I feel like yeah, it's irrelevant. Uh, yeah, Patty. I, there's a lot that you could take from his last few fights in the UFC because I wasn't a huge fan of him, and I haven't been watching him for that long. I knew about him towards the tail end of his career before he came into the UFC. So, um, but I feel like from that performance in the previous one, though, there are a lot of pieces to his game, though, that he can build upon that he's, like, doing well at. Like, yeah, his, there's a difference between skill level and his grappling and striking, but it's still, like, he still has, like, the tenacity to, even when he's hurt, to pressure you mm-hmm. with cage control and striking to say, I'm coming at you now, and now you have to strike to keep me off of you, and as well as to keep, like, I feel like that's a very valuable asset to have. And I think that Patty, not only is he a star right now, and he's going to be an even bigger star, I think from a skill level standpoint and the fact that he's at 155 is going to benefit him because people's perception of 155 needs to fucking change. All right. The division is fucking an elephant graveyard from Lion King. Okay. It is dying. We talk about light heavyweight and heavyweight being dead. 155 is dying. And I don't care what anybody says. You have people getting old. You have people fucking losing. You have people not fighting definition of a dead division or dying division i think patty if he's constantly picking the right opponents and developing the skills because he is young too he can find himself in the top 10 top five and when you're in the top 10 top five you're only a fight away from being called in for a title side maybe you're maybe you're short notice maybe somebody gets hurt maybe something happens and maybe he finds himself in there maybe it's the right matchup and maybe he fucking wins so i'm not going to sit here and be like patty pimlin's guaranteed to be a a world champion what i am going to say is he's going to find himself in a position to compete for a title sooner or later, probably later. His litmus test will come next year at some point for sure. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Because if realistically he could probably fight maybe, maybe twice this year, but I reckon maybe just once more this year and then maybe early next year, because uh, by the looks of things, well, Dana even said it, that they're, they're, he basically just said it in the press conference. He's like, fuck it. I don't care. We're coming back to the UK at some point. Uh, mm. year. So it'll probably make sense. And maybe June or late, late summer, maybe for that, to, for that show who, to happen. Who main events UFC Liverpool, Darren Till or Patty the Batty? Uh, Darren no. Till, 100%. Darren Till was going. They going to let Darren Till main event? N- yeah, nah, man. Like, it, Darren, Till's, Darren Till's the bigger name still. Like, really? Get it. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, well, of well, course. I'm being dead ass, I'm just being honest. I don't know who's more popular. You know, I'm not in Europe. I don't know who's more popular than the other. That's why I asked. 
or maybe or maybe, maybe the gap's narrowing mike maybe it's narrowing do you know what i mean that's that that's my that's my perception that i think the gap is narrowing darren still is is the mm. um the main fighter from from liverpool obviously it's darren uh patty and and molly but yeah i you can't catapult someone to you can't give him a main event on how or maybe you can right after two fights how many we see people walk into main events for their day did you and then you just not said as much popularity oh my bad and you just said that the hits online were crazy with yeah that's the only thing, gonna but, get like and darren's getting he's been mocked a few, he's getting mocked out here but yeah i get it so then what but but if you're do you give him a main event slot but then you're giving him like well, I don't want to say it can or whatever, because that's very disrespectful, but some of the he's expected to beat. Do you know what I mean? It's like UFC main events, they're always competitive. Yeah. They're always competitive. So then you ha- you'd have to juggle that. So that's why I don't think it's like, if they are coming back to the UK, that they're going to have him main event next. It'll be, it'll be co-main event billing for sure. Mike, Listen to me. Sorry? Mike, who you think? Patty or Definitely. Darren? definitely Darren and I'm glad that you've kind of like chimed in with what I was going to say and it is to do with the um, competitive nature of the main event they wouldn't and they will give him another fastball Mm. down the middle another opponent that he should beat but they would never do that as a main event it would always be co-main and it's no one can tell me anything different that he's not going to get another fastball I think that his mouth isn't or hasn't caught up to his skill set and that is he's exceptionally gifted and talented in terms of creating hype um polarizing people in terms of opponents riling people up and um, getting column inches but i just think that his his skill set is not there on that level because it, it's undeniable that this man is a one-man hype train, one-man hype machine, one man. In terms of uh, the traction that he's get, he's getting at the moment, it is absolutely phenomenal. I say, absolutely I, phenomenal. I say that they can't give him, um, if, if they, 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 that they couldn't give him a fastball down down the middle for for the main event. But remember, um, Conor McGregor got main event UFC Dublin after two fights in the UFC against Diego Brandao. Mm-hmm. But Diego Brando was still alive, dog. Yeah, he, he still, yeah. yeah, he was. He was. But we're talking. Time, yeah, that's that's true. Okay, yeah. All right. You know what I think they need to do for him? This is what this is what they need to do for him. Give Patty three more fights. Give him two or three more. Probably three would be the best for him. And if Tony fucking loses to Michael Chandler, oh, don't Patty do versus fucking Tony main fucking event. Because that pushes Tony. Out of his usual one to three to five spot, that's going to push Tony outside the top ten. When when Tony gets pushed out the top ten, by the time they meet each other after three, they're going to be in striking distance of each other. How about is how how about Patty Kimlet versus Jim Miller co-main event? Darren main eventing something. Someone put that someone put that bug in my ear this morning. I was listening to a podcast, and Jim Miller versus Patty is a good fight. And it's a good it's test. A good for fight. Do you know what? It's I tip Jim Miller to win that fight. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even. You pick Jim? Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. I pick Jim too. too. I, I pick Jim too. Miller, bro. I pick. I, but I, and that's why I went with Jim too. Miller. Yeah. yeah. That Tony Man. fight will be fire, though. You know how many people be watching that Tony fight? That Tony, Tony fight will be crazy. Tony, that Tony's, Tony's, 
Tony that crazy slick. Off. I'd be worried for Patty. Tony slick. The shit they would say to each other. Yeah, no, that 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 would be good. That would be good to be to be fair. But yeah, they're the UFC. They know they've got a gem in their hands, mm. and they're just gonna like clay. They're just gonna mold it slowly but surely. Just they should make the right additions, to it. and so they should. Show they should. Yeah, like, we need some excitement too as fans. We need this like you know buzz going as well. We haven't had a buzz since um Connor, and they're moving too slowly with Shamayev. So roll Patty up into some. Oh, they moved slow with Shamayev. If Shamayev beats Gilbert Burns. They're gonna go full force. Yeah, they're gonna go full fucking. They better. I'm ready. It'll be. It'll be. It'll be. Mark my words. It'll be if Chamayev beats um, Gilbert Burns, he'll be fighting Kamara Usman or Leon Edwards for the title in Abu Dhabi in October 22nd. Good. Good. I'm ready. That's what I'm ready. We need some excitement. We need a star. Yeah, I'll be an almighty card. Speaking which, Arnold Almighty Allen. What a segue. Arnold Almighty Allen took on Dan Hooker. Um, what are we saying about this fight, people? G, sound off. I think it was a beautiful, um, what's that performance called? Like an outbreak performance or like breakout. it's just breakout performance. What's wrong with me? It is just what Arnold Allen needed to get his respect and his name out there. We all, like, I, I'm sure everybody here knows that this guy is good. What is it? Nine eight, nine fights in a row. Um, he's one, he's almost breaking records. Are you insane? This guy is good. And just because he fights on the back foot, gets a lot of decisions, people not really talking about him. I don't give a fuck. He needed to go out here and Molly whop somebody's ass. And that's what the fuck he did. So now everybody's talking about him and I fucking love it. Put some respect on his name, but my heart breaks for Dan Hook. The trajectory of his career has been quite dismal. I'm sorry. He is coming off as a fighter that is mid, okay? You're not that you, you're not that good, and it hurts to say that about Dan Hooker. But I'm also pissed off at Dan Hooker and his management. Stop taking these motherfucking fights. What's wrong with you? When he when he took that fight against um, Nas Nasparat, I was like, good. There's a fight that you can take. It'll be competitive, and you can show your skills. And that's what he did. This Michael Chandler, um, Edson Barboza. Now, um, Arnold, it's too much. Stop taking these fucking fights. We get it. You're tough, but it's not making you look good. You're losing enough. And I really hope that he has a really good support system because he looks heartbroken. But Arnold Allen all the way. I love that dude. I love that he got violent last night. He didn't just win. He got fucking violent. Y'all saw him get dropped real quick, come back up and keep fighting. He, he, he got Dan Hooker to death. The way that he came in there with those straight punches was absolutely a thing of beauty. He was a different man. Yeah. I love the fact that he did that because a lot of people weren't putting respect on his name. A lot of people didn't see what we've been seeing for the longest while. I've seen every single fight of um, Arnold Allen from inception. And this is the best I've ever seen him. It's absolutely beautiful to behold the way that but Mike, that's what happens when you ignore a really good fighter they just get better and better and better in the darkness and that's what the fuck happened he showed up mm. and he beat the fuck out of somebody because y'all don't pay him no mind and all yep. he does is train and come back and he got better good fucking for arm i'm sorry i'm excited i like mm-hmm. him Go ahead, just know, do, you, do you know what you can attribute this to kairos do you know who you can attribute this to coach for the hobby you know what's funny about that listen there are How you like fighters- them apples there are fighters who could train in a literal garage on their own and still be successful because they're just so damn talented. And Arnold is one of those people. 
even with a coach who adds minus 50 to all your skills. Arnold Allen is a destroyer. And you want to know something? It doesn't matter if he's coached by me or Faraz Sahabi. He's going to do well because that's just the caliber of fighter he is. You want to know who he should fight next, though? Okay, that's a little bit stuff. They don't need to throw him in like that. I take that back. He Well, he called out Calvin Kayer, didn't he? Uh, I think so. I was yeah. about to say he should fight Yair Rodriguez, but I was like, oh, you know, he don't hear Calvin's, right Calvin's good. Calvin's a good fight. Calvin's coming off a very decisive and impressive win. He beat the shit out of Chica Gagaze. We forgot that Max beat his ass. That's how well, that's how well Calvin fought. Arnold coming off this violent ass beating of Dan Hooker. Dan what landed one punch that dropped him? That was it. And Coward the yeah. whole time. Yeah, let let um Qatar and Arnold fight. I pick Arnold. I think. I think Arnold is a problem. I've been saying it for a while when he was winning decisions. I was like, this guy is well-rounded and he's really good. That is, that is the hope for the UK. It's right there. People have been ignoring him. Everybody putting everything in Leon. Nah, y'all hope is with that kid. Pay attention. Mm. Okay. No, seriously. Every, everyone in the mm. UK thinks it's Leon that's going to get it done. Nah, it's going to be that kid. It's going to be Arnold Allen. Watch. Fair enough. And we've lost Mike, but let's, uh, let's move on and talk about the main event between Tom Aspinall and Alexander Volkov. What did you make of the performance, G? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, it's, but Kyrus and I talked about this earlier. It is a heavyweight division where anything goes. Volkov is, I've always thought Volkov was just, I, I was never on a Volkov bandwagon. I never thought he was that good of a fighter. Um, but I do think um, Aspinall is the truth. And the reason why I like Aspinall so much is because he is a well-rounded heavyweight fighter with a kick in his step. He's young, he's fast, and then he's good on the ground. I mean, he choked out what, Andre Olowski? He took down Volkov how many times and then got a Kimura? You know how strong you have to be to put a Kimura on fucking Volkov? Are you yeah. kidding me? So that kid is not only nimble on his feet, he's fucking, he's strong. How many times did he take him down? Long story short, we got a heavyweight that is fucking well-rounded again, kind of like a Stipe. Look at Surreal Gan. No ground game, exposed, trash, you, you light, you fight like a ballet, ballet, you know, artist, whatever, you nimble, you have good striking, get your ground game up, surreal. You can't say this about Tom. Tom is also another scary prospect. I see good things happen to him in the future. I was very impressed. Very smart call out. I think he beats Ty Tuivasa because Ty is just a knockout artist. Tom is more than that. And I'm going to pass the mic. Mike, talk about your man. What you think? I don't want to get all cliche and everything, but this is a guy who moves like a middleweight at heavyweight. It's impossible from where I'm sat to do that with that body mass. Mm. And he makes it look easy. The way that he slipped, took Volkov down, absolutely phenomenal. I'm not going to say that um, I predicted it would be done like that, but I did predict the win. And um, for me, it was when he took out um, Arlovsky, that for me was like the defining moment that said, nah, this guy's different. He's on a different level and people need to give him the respect, which I'm sure, which I know that, that he now has. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've followed Tom for, for, for a while and people, people haven't seen, haven't seen it. Like I probably even say maybe 50% of, of what he's capable of people forget he's a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt his dad andy started him in brazilian jiu-jitsu i believe when he was like seven or eight years old so i mean he's he, he truly is he's got everything and i said this as soon as he got signed because i remember there was a 
the Darren Hill Media Day in Nottingham and Darren announced that he got signed there and I tweeted out there as like like the the guy with the the heavyweight the fastest hands in the world is like just signed with the UFC like his hand speed as well is is phenomenal and like, well it's well one thing also that I've noticed that with him is uh, is fainting is fainting and getting in it's closing of the distance and the speed in which he closes distance is what heavyweight does that no heavyweight does that like does it at that speed I mean we've got a real contender with him. And as G said, that's a really smart call out with Ty to Ivasa because that's a fight. That, that's, a, that's a fight he wins. If he just, if he fights like that, he, he wins it. But yeah, but maybe the UFC don't make that fight. Maybe they're, they're going to be thinking, right. We've still got something special here with Ty in terms of like, yeah, he's not mega superstar, but he, he moves the, the social needle, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And that's something that they also yeah. want to keep going. So you don't want to cancel that out, but it is a very smart call out. Absolutely. A tie was fighting Stipe. Oh, is he? Is that a rumor? That's a rumor. I thought Ty was fighting. Oh, it's a rumor? Are you sure? Yeah, some of these MMA fan accounts, man. I <laughs> thought it was Mark Oh, you like, sucked your teeth like an old Caribbean woman. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mm. well, listen, I won't doubt Tom again. I believed in him to be, okay, listen. I think he beats everybody outside of Francis and Stipe. I think he beats God. And Me too. I, I, I didn't lose money, but I missed out on a lot of money not believing in him. I put a parlay together on this man, and he was the last leg of it. And if he won, I was coming out with some money that I could spend on some more equipment, and I wouldn't have felt bad about it one bit. And it would have been some expensive equipment. And something's like, Kairos, just take the guaranteed money. Don't believe in no one from the UK. Don't, don't bet your money on these UK boys. They don't stand a chance, all right? They'll always let you down. They lost the war against us, for fuck's sake. You can't depend on them. <laughs> so I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, take the guarantee of money, Kyle. Cash out. Cashed out this man. Time out, so I made it look easy. I was like, God damn. Good for him, though. Good for him shutting me up and making me realize I ain't shit. I ain't shit. Good for you, Tom Aswell. And for that, you have my undying respect and acknowledgement of your abilities. Because it just wasn't the fact that you won. It was the way that you went by winning it. Because Volk, I was thinking, Volkov can turn into a 25-minute sparring session. And if it turns into a 25-minute sparring session, not too many people are going to outpoint him. So I was, that's how I was thinking. I was like, if this shit goes to a decision, I can't believe it. And Tom was like, this shit ain't going to a decision. He Not only did he take it, he, it made, he made Volkov, who was a staple in the top five. If we're going to be honest, he, he should be in the top five forever because he's very, he's, he's good Volkov. at what he does. Yeah, exactly. It's Volkov. And he made Volkov look like he shouldn't be in the top 10 at heavyweight. That's the, that was the difference between their abilities and how he made it look. And I was just like, it didn't look like Volkov had any route to victory when that, when they, when the, when the clock started counting down, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, like, oh I should have cast out. He looked, he looked, he looked scared and nervous of him. That's that, that's why I thought Volkov. He, he he really did, and yeah, and for for good reason. And he couldn't get a read on like with the mm-hmm. feint. Couldn't get a read on his entries. Couldn't get a read on them whatsoever. He's in charge from the start of the fight to the end. He came out there. He got in his face. All the feints. All the it was just insane. And Volkov yeah. was just on the. You know what I mean? Like Tom yeah. was in charge the mm. whole fight. He mm. gave no fucks, and he fought like that. And it was beautiful to see. I got a quick question. I know we've been talking all night, but Mike, you was out the room when I said this. Mike, who is UK's saving grace? Who's going to be champ? Who's going to be y'all saving grace? Tom Aspinall. 
Leon Edwards or Arnold Allen. You may only choose one. Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen. Yeah, Mike. Some we don't yak be coming for his neck, but he knows sometimes. I said the same shit, Mike, when he was out. Severely him. underrated. His skill set is a lot wider than people give it credit. But not only that, I mean, I just love the way that he just keeps on getting better. There you go. Chisanga, who's your UK saving grace? It's Leon. Who are Leon? You see? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. Kairos, who who from the UK? I wish... I wish I could expand this to just European champion because this is, I, it was a joke a year ago, but I think he can become a champion. He's European, but fuck it. Um, I'm going to Tom Aspinall. I think he can win that title. I really, he's my, really he's think my he's second. Win. He's my second I, saving grace. Especially, especially if this shit keeps going south with Francis and Francis is like, nah, I'm done fighting. I'll go be a motivational speaker and fucking make fast and fierce with this done. Give him the fucking title. He's gonna win the Francis. I think I think he might have if if Stipe remains the fighter that he is, I just Stipe takes so many vacations and breaks. I don't know who the fuck comes back, you know, and he's getting older, you never know. But if Stipe remains the same type of fighter, I think Stipe gives Aspinall a prize. I think he's smart. Stipe's a fight smarter. I can see him and Aspinall button heads here. But Francis, um, Tom can beat Francis. All he has to do is avoid that heavy shot and 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 beat. Come on now. Come on. I think Tom beats him. I do. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Listen, I'm gonna be brutal. Uh, he was able to become the complete opposite fighter. We expected him to be you while don't fighting Tom. injured. You don't beat Tom with wrestling though, and Surreal was getting the upper hand with him with the striking. You think Tom won't either? My point is even fighting a style that Francis is not meant to fight, he did it hurt and he did it for five minutes. What happens when he's healthy again and he's back to fight in his style? Tom is going to hit a bomb. He's going to get hit by a bomb. I mean, it's going to change it. He's going to stop fading. As soon as he gets hit once, I'm like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going in. I'm, and that's going to freeze Tom. That's going to freeze Tom so fast. So fast. He can win a title. Get your ass away from Francis and you will win that title. Okay. Folks, that is a wrap. Holsters at the ready as we put our guns back in. That has been Shots Fired. I've been Michael Morgan. She has been G. He has been Chisanga. And the other he has been Kairos Bodley. Peace. Peace out.